Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode. Episode. Stop it, Matthew. Episode 32 of the Rock Podcast. For those about to pod, we salute you. In this episode, episode 32, just mm-hmm. in case you missed it for all my laughing, we are concentrating on my year on Rock in 1996. We will be going through our usual features of what's happening in the news or what's caught your eye, Bri. We haven't, you haven't used that for a while. No. You haven't. Um, we will go through Hidden Gems, which I am alleged is the most important part of the show. Absolutely. And we'll talk about gigs. Mm. And some people have been off rocking at the weekend down in Castle Donington. But before we go right. any further, welcome to my co-host, mm. Mr. Matt Rogers. How are you, buddy? Hello. Yes, hello, Brian. Nice to see you. I haven't spoken to you since we were in Edinburgh a few weeks ago. I thought you'd started your own podcast without me. Well, I, I, I did. So, as you know, well, I, I didn't start it. I kept it going. So we've got, for those about to line dance, the country podcast, of course. We've got, for those about to pop, the pop podcast, sister, lots of family, growing family. Uh, no, no, no other podcast, Brian. I haven't got time. No. I haven't got time. I know. Uh, right. So, um Rocking every yeah, night, rolling every day, as they say. That's right. I, I thought you were going to say, what's caught your eyebrow? <laughs> That'd be painful, wouldn't it? Catching your eyebrow in something. When I was, do you ever do that thing when you were at school and get, get a, 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 is it a, called a bulldog clip? And like, when you're a bit bored, it's just like clip it to various parts of like your ear, eyebrow, you know, the lip. Have you ever done that? No. It's, I wouldn't. And, and not that, not not that I would not that I would own up to it on a public podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying I ever do it, of course. <laughs> um, it just rem- reminded me that I took you down memory lane. Okay. Anyway, so uh, Brian, what on that subject? Therefore, what has caught your eye? Right. I think that's, I think that's got legs. That one, don't you? Caught, we, caught we, your we, need eye to, we need to rekindle that one. Yeah. What's caught what's caught your eye bry? Hashtag what's caught your eye bry. And and I should maybe say what's under your hat, Matt. Hey. We're cooking now, aren't we? Take this thirty-two episodes. Now those those little kind of catchphrases are coming thick and fast now, aren't they? They are, they are. They, mm. We're just we'll just be trending so much on, on Absolutely. On. Um so we'll st- start off. Um sad news. Um at the start of the month. Um Alec John Such, who was the original bass player. And Bon Jovi uh, passed away, um, mm. 70 years of age, um, uh, 5th of June uh, this year. Um, I like amazing bass player, a great, great singer. And all of the um, all of the tributes that have come in for Alec, uh, he's the one that kind of brought the band together. Um, when you, when you, he, right. he brought Richie Sambora to the band. Uh, and in that whole New Jersey scene, Alec was kind of one of the, the known guys of, of the mm. music scene. So, so really sad. Um, um, lo- loved the band, um, moved away from the music scene after he left the band. I, th- I think he left at, around about sort of the these days time, yeah. maybe a little bit beforehand. Yeah. Um, but still, you know, I think he was just, he had his time in the, um, uh, in the, in in the sun with Bon Jovi and then he just retired. So mm. sad. I've been listening. I've been listening and going back to some of the old stuff around the slippery in the New Jersey period and even keep the face is you know a great album. So yeah, sad mm. loss. Yeah, indeed. You forget 
But obviously, with the, with Bon Jovi, the focus was always on John Bon Jovi and Richie Sambora, of course. But yeah, that rhythm section of Alec John Such and Tico Torres, and of course David Bryan on the keyboards. Yeah, it was a, you know it was a great set of musicians, and and of yeah. course famous for several kind of iconic bass lines. The introduction to Keep the Faith, of course, the yeah. song, and yeah. and uh, you know Star Living on a Prayer, and yeah. and so on. Yeah, so yeah, shame really. Absolutely. So, and again, as we've said often, 70, you know, by modern standards, doesn't seem that old, of course, but um, yeah, sad loss, sad loss indeed. Yeah. Um, and and just announced this week in the UK, uh, for, our, for our listeners in the UK mm-hmm. and, uh, and the US, the, the Foo Fighters and the, and the Hawkins family have announced uh, two massive gigs, one in Los Angeles and, and one in London um, in September to celebrate... Taylor Hawkins. So uh, tickets go on sale in the UK um, on Friday, 17th of June. Um, mm-hmm. Good luck if you're going to be trying for tickets. I know I'm Indeed. going to be trying hard. Um, and, a, and a nice touch nice touch by by the band as well too. There's a pre-sale for all of the fans who uh, didn't get a chance to see the band and, and the European tour was cancelled. So uh, anybody who was trying to get tickets who, who missed the... Who missed the the shows that were obviously cancelled after Taylor's pass, and they're getting a first crack of the whip at the tickets. Oh, that's nice. So that's kind of uh, nice. As you say, they go and sell probably 10 o'clock on the 17th and will be sold out by about five past. Yes. Uh, I imagine. But um, uh, t- could you do me a favour? Could you get me one, please? Save me. Save me trying. Oh, thanks. <laughs> no, pressure. no pressure. No, no pressure. No pressure. No, no, as you say, good good tribute uh, to the great man. And um, yeah, it interesting to see who's in, who's in the bad, of course. Um, as we know, Dave, Dave, and the rest of the Foo Fighters have got friends in high places. So, um, yeah, it could be good. Whoever gets a ticket will be in for a treat. And, and as you said, uh, you know, a, a tribute to to the late great Taylor Hawkins, of course. Yeah. Um, just one little story I wanted to uh, recap. Is it well? You know, I like to have a bit of continuity between the episodes. So this is a story we talked about in episode one. No, I'm <laughs> this was a story we talked about a few episodes ago. I can't remember which one it was. But do you remember when um, Kurt Cobain's uh, guitar from the Smells Like Teen Spirit um, video yeah. went up for sale or was was poised to go up for sale? And if you recall, the the estimate it was estimated as uh, being sold for between four and six hundred thousand dollars, which even by your standards, Brian, that is a lot to pay for a guitar. It is just a, a little bit over my price range. Indeed, um, it's a uh, nineteen sixty nine Fender. Or, or it was, it is, of course, uh, a nineteen sixty nine Fender Competition Mustang in uh, Lake Placid Blue, and everyone will pitch that guitar from that iconic video. Anyway, it sold eventually. Um, in New York a couple of weeks ago and it's at uh, Julian's Auctions. Okay. And it sold for four and a half million dollars. And who says that there's an economic crisis going on in the world? Matthew? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, plus, plus, uh, plus auctioneer's commission as well, of course. Um, four and a half million did you buy it? It wasn't you, was it? No, I. but I have an interesting tale about auctions in a moment. Do you? Okay. Um, anyway, we don't know who's bought it, but there you go. I thought I'd just um, finish off that story. Four and a half million dollars for a guitar. I mean, we've said it before, but the world's got a bit bad, hasn't it, really? Um, and it, I hope it gets played. 
I think any any instrument uh, that's famous, if, if I had a famous intr- instrument by any artist, I would want to have it and I'd want to play it. I just hope it doesn't go into a museum or one of these glass cabinets and never gets played. Yeah, would you play it though? I'm not sure I would. Oh, I would. B- because um, I'm not sure I would take not sh- not sure I would take it down to the pub and mm. and and do do cover versions of it. But it, it it would be played. It would be you know mm. I would I would play it. It's au- auctions wise. Yes. A few months ago, um, I got thrown up a message on Facebook that this the estate of Gary Moore was selling off. Lots. They've done three lots. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure if it was Sotheby's or which, whichever auction house it was. But Christie's they, is the other one, isn't it? The uh, yeah, one? May, maybe Christie's. Um, but they were selling off um, lots of Gary's guitars, amplifiers, uh, echo boxes, and even pedals. And oh. I, and I did look at the brochure, Matt, and I thought about it. And then I read the small print. So, so you, you'll, you'll see the price. And mm. then when you do all of the add-ons and the buyer's mm. premiums and the mm. taxes, f- for a guitar that would be, say, up for auction or, or for 10 grand, by the time you have it in your hand and you've paid it, you pay in the neck of 20 grand with all of the add-ons. It's like a That's football true. player. Pay your transfer fee and then all the add-ons. So um, I did mm. look, and I even looked at just buying a pedal one of Gary Moore's pedals, but I, I decided against it. No, so. no shame. Yeah. yeah, it'd be nice to own something like that, wouldn't it? Especially if you're a guitar, uh, you know, fanatic, which you are, of course, as, I we, am as we know, and a Gary Moore fan. Exactly. Um, and talking, mm. talking of Gary Moore fans, yes. we, somebody who we haven't mentioned on the show for some time, Sir Vivian of Campbell. Yes, indeed, the great man. The great indeed. man himself. Mm. The, the, the erstwhile pop band or the the his 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 main gig his main meal ticket Def Leppard have just released Diamond Star Halos um mm. their new album um it is absolutely tremendous it is it is my hot runner for my album of the year obviously before the King's X album comes out mm. um yep. but it is just a belting album uh first track take what you want Kick was the single that was getting a lot of play on Planet Rock and, and mm. Rock Stations. Um, got to number four in the UK charts, sold well. Um, they played the Whiskey O' Go-Go um, to launch things in the States. The band are sounding... Joe Elliott was sounding... It's the first time he sang in two years. Sounding mm. fantastic. They're looking as if they're in good nick for the stadium tour with Motley Crue and Poison and Joan Jett. So for, for our US... Listeners, you are in for a fabulous stadium tour when when Def Leppard. So mm. the band were just sounding phenomenal, and it's uh, for an album to be made, but like you and me, they're, they're, they've done it on computers with a mm. you know um, garage band and Logic and Vivian Campbell's just learnt to stick his guitar into a computer, and they've just made a fantastic sounding album. So go check out Diamond Star Halos, the new Def Leppard album. It's fun. Yep. That is good. No, I was listening to, to it today, funnily enough. Funny you should mention it. I tell you what I've also been listening to as well. I think it's been out a little while now. Is the uh, the most recent album by Thunder called Dopamine. Um, in the same vein, I certainly think it's going to be one of my contenders for the album of this year. Um, well worth a listen. Um 
It's quite a long album. I think it's a double. It's a double uh, album, yeah. Double vinyl album. Yeah. Very old school. And um, when you think it comes relatively hot on the heels of uh, All the Right Noises, which was, uh, I think, released at the beginning of 2021. We Mm. talked about it, I think. Yeah. but as Danny Danny Bose said, the singer of Thunder, um, he's pleased to be back back on the road, back out on the road because he spent a lot of time in the studio in the last couple of years, and you can understand why. But I tell you what struck me though, Brian, was just the pure quality of the songs throughout, and and indeed uh, combined with uh, all the right noises, a lot of credit should go to the main songwriter Luke Morley, who's done a fantastic job and continues to be you know hugely hugely pr- prolific in terms of. Uh, you know, his creative side. So, um, yeah, check it out. The the most recent album by Thunder called Dopamine, which moves us on nicely. So what a Def Leppard, by the way. So they, along with many others, have, have uh, Nisa jumped on the bandwagon, but I won't. Um, they have now started to market their own brand of gin. They have. Or gins, I should say. Uh, my wife would be very pleased about that. Um, they're called... Uh, or they're going to be called Animal and Rocket, which are strange names for gin. I thought it. so too, yes. Um, sound like they should be some sort of homebrew, don't they? Or some sort of, you know, moonshine or scrumpy or something. Um, but, um, yeah, created by Master Blender. You've got to be careful as you say that one. Um, created by Master Blender Daniel Edrickson. And... Um, of a from a Swedish producer called Brands for Fans. I like that. Brands um, for fans. Yeah, I was just, I'm, I'm going to try it. I don't mind a drop of gin. Mother's ruin. I, 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 as I'm, I'm a, I'm a recent convert to gin. I do. Oh, you do know. Like yeah, I am indeed. Oh, uh, oh, yes. Yeah. We we should start rolling off some names of gins in the in the hope that we might get sponsored <laughs> by them. That's right. <laughs> some product placement for gin. That's right. I uh, I just drink it if it's if it's nice. Yeah. It's Gordon's is my favourite, but I'm probably that's probably the, the the end of the bottom end of the spectrum. Exactly. But anyway, we we digress. This is not uh, for sister, those about to gin. <laughs> for those about to drink Mother's Ruin, that um, that sister podcast, yeah. which is still on the drawing board, but I think it's I think it's got legs. Anyway, so uh, yes, Def Leppard branching out into alcohol, which is nice. Yeah. Look forward to that. Yeah. Um, and still, oh, I, the, the the continuity between these items, Matt, and we haven't we genuinely people we haven't prepared we haven't we prepared have this. But um, a, a friend of Def Leppard's and somebody who's worked with Joe Elliott, I think Joe Elliott um, produced one of uh, Ricky Warwick's solo albums. How mm-hmm. they got to be friends is big mates. Um, uh, the the new single from Black Star Riders is out. It was released this week. It's a track called Better Than Saturday. And Joe Elliott is on backing vocals. Mm. Backing vocals. Um, why I? Why I? Um, <clears throat> not that Ricky Oric. <laughs> why would I do a Northeastern accent for somebody from Northern Ireland? I should be doing Better Than better than Saturday. Yeah. Um, so, so the new single is out. Um, new album's out next year um, called Wrong Side of Paradise. Comes out in January 2023. The mm-hmm. tour looks really good. The tour has got Phil Campbell and his sons, that we won't say the, no. the full title, 
Um, and Mike, Michael Monroe, ex of Hanoi Rocks. So the last mm-hmm. time I saw him, he was climbing up some scaffolding at High Voltage Festival. Right. If you remember, That's at, right. a, I at do. one o'clock in the afternoon before mm-hmm. I got sunstroke. Right. Um, but interestingly, they're without Black Star Riders are are, are without a, a guitarist. Um, the guitarist uh, Christian has he's decided to focus on his his other gig with uh, Corey Taylor. So Christian's left Black Star Riders. So Scott Gorham and Jimmy DeGrasso are coming back in to do the uh, to do the tenth anniversary of Black Star Riders. So um, that's one for the diary for twenty three. Matt Black Star Riders hmm. with Phil Campbell and Mike Monroe and the singles singles pretty good. Yeah, I like it. Hmm. Yeah, it's good bill, that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so one of Bill's, of course, mm-hmm. these segues are just getting better and better, aren't they? So um, I went to download this weekend, oh. along with many other people. Of course, plenty of friends of ours were there. Um, hello to you if you were there. And um hope you enjoyed it. I went, went for Saturday. The bill Saturday was uh, fantastic. Um Headlined by the mighty Iron Maiden. I think you get to a certain status when you can be called the mighty. Yes. The mighty Judas Priest. The mighty, well, the mighty Iron Maiden headline. Come on to them in a minute. Um, Saw those damn crows uh, who were on the main stage. They were fantastic. And um, talked to a friend of mine, Nick, who was with me. And you could tell they were just beside themselves with excitement. And I can understand that because I've said before, many years ago, what, four years ago only, uh, they were opening Ramblin' Man State, Ramblin' Man Fair on the little kind of, you know, rising band stage. And now, four years later, they are uh, on the main stage at Download in front of probably, I think, I've heard figures of between 60 and 90,000. Yeah, 80,000, yeah. Yeah, tremendous. Um, the excellent Shine Down were there. Uh, just just fantastic. I mean, they're, they're out in the UK this this autumn. Uh, as our Monster Truck. Monster Truck were also on the bill uh, this weekend. They were fantastic. Um, I love Monster Truck. Their refs are great. They're, they, yeah. oh, they gave it everything. Yeah. And for, a, for a, um, a band by their own admission that hadn't been on tour for, I didn't play gigs for, well, obviously a couple of years, two and a half years, they put in a, a hell of a show. Yeah. Um, they were good, saw Megadeth. For the first time, fantastic. Um, can't be a mega, bit of mega death. Um, and uh, we'll pick a few songs out from their set to put on the old playlist, playlist Brian. Uh, Black Label Society, fronted by uh, the um, larger-than-life Zach Wilde, of course. How were they? How were, how were Black were Label good. Society? Yeah, yeah I, to be fair, I did combine seeing them with seeing Mastodon uh, and... Um, and Megadeth, but they were good. He gives it everything, Zach Wild, and uh, the, fan, the the fans thought he was good. Um, and then, of course, of course, Iron Maiden, who uh, played a few songs off the new album, Sinjutsu, uh, included the, the, the title song, and then just basically, you know, went through their, uh, as, as is often said, a career-spanning set. And when you consider that the first album was 1980, I mean, they just the, the show they put on was just colossal, fantastic. Um, Favourite songs for me, Revelations was great. Flight of Icarus was fantastic. Um, a couple of uh, Blaze Bailey era songs, Silent uh, Cross. Clansman was, yeah. The Clansman yeah, just, yeah. just, but took on, uh, with all due respect to Blaze, took on a fantastic sort of different 
image, let's say, um, with with Bruce Dickinson singing, and and Bruce himself, his voice was just phenomenal. I mean, for someone who's, who's uh, in his sixties, he's had cancer, the throat and head, just sounding fantastic. And as a band, they sounded just just huge. So, um, if you get a chance to see Iron Maiden, uh, hopefully they'll be extending the Legacy of the Beast tour. Um, in fact, go and see all those bands that we just mentioned. Um, they were all just fantastic. It was just a, a brilliant day. The weather was great. And, uh, you know, really good. But one of the things we were, we were talking about when we were there, Brian, is something I wanted to just chat to you about. Um, so Kiss were there on the headline, oh, sorry, Kiss were there on the farewell tour, I should say. Um, and Aerosmith have headlined download in the last few years, uh, 2000. 17 to be precise um who were on their their last tour it made us think about who are who are the headliners coming up uh in the next couple of years particularly next year when it's going to be a four night 20th anniversary download and then similarly who are the, who are the headliners of the future mm. you know five ten years down down the line and it makes for an interesting discussion i'm interested to get, get a sense of who you think the headliners are likely to be next year but more interestingly who you think are the headliners of tomorrow let's do the easy one first mm. <laughs> let's do who i think the contenders are and why i'm gonna pick some bands for for 2023 um download download and it's a, and with it being the four nights it's obviously the 20th anniversary of download mm-hmm. so um i have i have i have given this a little bit of thought have you? Um, I have indeed. Change. <clears throat> it has. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with some, let's call them safe recycling headliners. So mm-hmm. within downloads, if you think about how many times Maiden have actually played download, the, the, the last time I was at downloads, Iron Maiden played in 2016 um, on the Book of Souls tour. So they're they're they've obviously got a great relation for. They've got a great relationship with with Andy, mm-hmm. and and they've obviously got they love to play Donington. So I, it got me thinking about bands that really go down well at Donington, mm. and it's a bit of a spiritual home. <clears throat> so the first band, now we then we need to decide on our bands which I haven't decided which nights are going to play yet, and I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, so first bands which I think are a shoe in for next year yep. is. Um, Number one is Metallica. Yep. Metallica are, are, are a shoe-in. My reasons for that is they have a new album due out autumn this year, potentially. I think they're in pre-production now. So they'll have a new album coming out, and then they'll be touring it. Metallica are a... Are, I'm not going to say a shoe-in, because they're big enough to do their own festival. This is the thing. Mm-hmm. So I would say Metallica, uh, another band. Because Download is so genre wide it's not just yep. a heavy metal i'm gonna go with my chemical romance um oh, really? they're they're a band that's always been relatively high high up on the bill and i think they have headlined in earlier years another band so the other and the other two bands I'm, I'm the other the other band i think def leopard and, and i'm kind of going def leopard slash motley crew because mm. if they do the stadium tour in the u.s this summer I think Def Leppard and Motley Crue, there's a possibility that they'll come across and Def Leppard have played download a few times so I could see them coming back. Mm-hmm. And then the final one, ooh, I am going to go with Slipknot. Yeah. Yeah, possible. 
Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. New album out this year. And again, Andy Coppin. I would love to say Van Halen. I think if you were to mm. ask Andy Coppin, uh, who's obviously the promoter and the and the man behind Downloads, he has been... If you were to say, who does he always ask to get um, onto, onto Download, he always asks for... He always asks in Van Halen. And he was always yeah. trying to get Foo Fighters as well. That's right. So it, And Pearl Jam, none of whom are keen to do download because of the association would be more sort of heavy metal um there's my four just just kind of not bad yeah you missed a big one out though to be fair i know i know but the thing is i had to pick four or i could i could pick 11 and i I don't mean diamond head um (laughs) so i mean i think i think there's a lot of there's a lot of people kind of keeping their fingers crossed for a possible acdc uh headline which would i think just be just be the icing on the cake. 20 years of download. Um, mm. Probably one of the last shows ACDC will see in this country, will play in this country, and uh, indeed in Europe. Could be, could be huge. Um, so fingers crossed. Put your fingers crossed, Brian, please. I, um, and I didn't, I specifically didn't put ACDC down for, for, for download because I think of ACDC play um they'll they'll play more than one show i think they would do they would do like two nights at wembley hmm. maybe a night in hamden uh in, i think they would play maybe four or five football stadiums yeah maybe rather than pref- the exclusive download show yeah you might be right i would of course prefer it to just play london <laughs> on the uk tour um but that's just my <laughs> Perverse view of the world. Exactly. So yeah, uh, possibly, possibly ACDC. Um, I'd like to see Judas Priest headline. That'd be great. I love Priest. Um, yeah. And uh, they've been a bit sort of lacking in appearances in this country for, for a few years. Um, System of Down, of course, are always a favourite at Download. And as you said, they would kind of like balance the books in terms of that kind of more modern, although they've been going a long time. Um, yeah. yeah. Not as long as Priest and... Uh, ACDC, of course. Um, other other notable mentions, maybe Alice Cooper would be a good Friday night headliner or even Thursday night headliner. Um, you know, kind of a, obviously, you know, classic rock um, and uh, celebrating many, many years in the in the business, of course, but still going strong. Recently toured the UK with the cult. So, um, yeah, I mean, the list goes on. Green Day and um, Ramstein, of course. Um, Scorpions, maybe. Um, that's a long shot. Um, so, uh, you know, we, sh- we shall see, of course. If Download 2023 hasn't got four of those bands that we've dis- dis- discussed and had a chat about, I'd be very, very surprised. However, mm. as you said at the start of this segment, Matt, it's where are they... Where are the headliners of tomorrow? Who's going to have that career-spanning catalogue like Iron Maiden? Yeah, yeah. It's a good question, but I think there are a lot of contenders, frankly. Okay. Um, bands that are on the, on the up, and uh, be interested to get your views on some of them. I think an obvious one is Ghost. I'd agree with course. that. In the last few years, they have come on hugely um, leaps and bounds and their stage show is is enormous and and yeah. it's quite a spectacle um so i think certainly if they're not on the on the bill next year as a headline they certainly will be in in years to come um there are others that 
are, I think, very, very strong contenders. We talked a lot about Greta Van Fleet. I think, you know, a couple of decent albums under their belt. And, and then I'm talking the next few years, you know, five years, 10 years yeah. down the track. If they shed themselves of the sort of Led Zeppelin sound alike kind of moniker, which they started to do, of course, with the last album, yeah. uh, Battle at Gar- Garden's Gate, which I still listen to. And I think it's a fantastic album. Um, I think they certainly will continue to develop as a band. Um Mammoth WVH, I think, if 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 uh, Wolfgang goes on, uh, Wolfgang Van Halen goes on, uh, builds upon the, his excellent debut album. Then again, I think they they could be contenders for um, certainly a huge career and uh, potential headliners at, at Download, indeed other festivals of the future. Yeah. Um, there, there's there's and somebody who we've talked about. And mm. I, who I think has got an amazing back catalogue, and and feel free to ship me down if you think they're a band that doesn't merit it. Is Thunder? Is Thunder? Oh yeah. Yeah, I I think with with Download at Castle Donington, we always like to sh- we always like to give a shout out to our own. You know, it's Iron Maiden's, uh, you know, an English British band, and they get wildly supported, and. Below Maiden, and that's why I think Judas Priest is a good shout. But again, that's mm. that's legacy bands. Yeah, Thunder have actually to me that would would it be a risk to to have Thunder as a headliner? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. I think they probably uh, they would have done it by now if they were going to because they, really? you know they're. But you never know, do you? Um, you you talked about. We, we talked about the Scorpions, but we've got, there are big bands like Sabaton, mm. Amon Marath. Mm. And there, there's the, the, the kind of the more spectacular, the bands that play at Vakken uh, yeah. and, and where they've got a massive stage. There's, you're, you're seeing a lot of those, there, there's a lot more um, groundswell support for, for that type of genre of yeah. power metal, Hammerfall and, all these kind of bands um a lot there's um i do think the the ramstein industrial aspect of of what bands bring in and there's a there's an interesting band who i don't know that much about but i as a headliner of the future is a band called parkway drive from australia they're mm-hmm. they're metal core as they say they have headlined download festivals in europe um, certainly in the likes of France and in Germany. So mm. I can see if, if if they're able to play and headline festivals in Europe, then it's a stepping stone to coming across and, and being able to to be a headliner. But but Alter Bridge, a mm. band who I'm getting, you'll smile at this, a band that I'm getting into now um, is Heelstorm. Oh, yeah. I, I just see... If they keep going in the trajectory that they are for good rock and music, wouldn't it be fantastic to have a band like Hailstorm? Here's a headline for the future for a for a band for a package that we saw five ten years ago: Alter Bridge, mm. Hailstorm, and Shine Drown. There mm. are three future good future headliners for Donington. Yeah. Uh, certainly, absolutely, I would agree on 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 all three of those. Particularly Shine Down, having seen them at the weekend and. The, the sort of scale of the show they put on and the songs. I think a lot of it is mm. still with the, not only the production, as we because we've, as we've said many, many times, it's ultimately about the songs. You have the greatest production ever. You can have bombs going off and, 
you know, trapezes and, you know, rising drum drum kits and so on. But if you haven't got the songs, you haven't got the songs. Yeah. And uh, I think certainly Shinedown have got a fantastic back, back catalogue yeah. um, and have made their way steadily up the bill at, um, at Download and indeed other festivals, of course. So that certainly, I certainly would love to see Shinedown. Um, it's just about to start their, their first arena tour in, yeah. in Britain. Well, later this year, of course. Yeah, that's right. A couple of others that I think... When people listen to this podcast in a few years' time, we're, when we're at episode 532, <laughs> they will think he was a clairvoyant, that, that the, Rogers. The prophet. The pro- yeah, the prophet <laughs> Rogers. And that he suggested that the struts would be headlining download at some point. Um. And He's also, a great frontman. He is a phenomenal frontman. He really is. Indeed. And he also suggested that Dirty Honey would be on the roster for headlining download Ooh. in the late 2020s. What a prophet that man was. Okay. Phenomenal. No, I think seriously, those two bands are... Um, I'm going to be carried away then, wasn't I? Those two <laughs> bands are certainly on the rise and... Um, Certainly, Dirty Honey were very, very low down the bill this weekend at, at, uh, at Download, but I could see them rising steadily up. Yeah. up. And indeed, the Struts are very much in that kind of... Um, they've been likened, of course, to Queen, you know, certainly from a lead singer perspective in terms of his persona. And, um, you know, who knows where they'll end up. Of course, it does come back to they need the fact they need to keep building on their the good start, mm. good albums, tours building up a fan base and so on and so forth. So, uh, but I can see, I can see those, those bands um, moving up the bill in future. And uh, I mentioned them at the outset, um, those damn crows as well. New album coming out very soon. Um, Hopefully it's as good, if not better than their first two albums. And, uh, you know, again, as a, as a, as a band and as a spectacle, uh, certainly, you know, they've got the, the confidence mm-hmm. and the, and the chops to uh, go onwards and upwards. And, um, as I say, their stock has risen in the last few years. So who knows? It's interesting to speculate, of course. Um, and, and we shall see in future if we're right or if we're wrong, exactly. Brian. And of course, we'd be very interested to hear from, our, how many listeners now is it, Brian? 13. So still still 13, is it? Okay. Uh, we'd be interested to hear from our listeners what your thoughts are on future headliners, future mega bands. So that brings us on to my year in rock, Brian. Do you remember how it goes? <laughs> I do indeed. Mm. We pick a year. And we frantically, five minutes before the show, go... It's true, exactly how it happens. Um, Last time, you gave me 1996. I did indeed. 26 years ago. Exactly. Or if you're listening to this in four years' time, 30 years ago. (laughs) Um, 1996. I've given up asking you how old you were, whether you're at university. Of course, you were at university, I'm sure, in 1996. Um, I wasn't. It was, a, <laughs> But it was a funny year, 1996. Um, I look back at it, uh, and albums-wise, um, it was it was kind of slim pickings, really, because um, 
the um, and I'll come on to why in a minute. This sort of the uh, the underlying theme, uh, but a few albums stood out for me. Um, Test for Echo by Rush came out that year. Good album, Test for Echo. And you know, sometimes when you you, you sort of think of an album and you can picture where you were or what you were doing. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it was in the early days of having a CD player in my car. Uh, Mid nineties, you know, it's a long time ago. And CD players in your car. I mean, that was, I know, that, was a thing. I know. that was a new thing, wasn't it? it and we've moved on from that now. I mean, it's all about Bluetooth and all the rest of it. Um, but yeah, I had a CD player in my car. Have people, I mentioned that? I think I did. Not. Yeah, Matt, and, but uh, people know people can people can now uh, sit and people can now sit in the front seat of my car because what was once filled with cassettes was mm. then substituted in 1996 with a whole bunch of CDs. Mm. Now that we're streaming, right. I don't need to have. People can sit in my car. That's right. <laughs> and do you remember we started with the one-in-one-out CD and then it was like the Holy Grail was the, the five-CD changer in the boot. <laughs> Never had one. Which is, Well, I, I did. And it was very annoying because, you know, you'd play the CDs and then you'd have to sort of pull over onto the hard shoulder on the N25 <laughs> If you wanted to change, no, don't do that, boys and girls. <laughs> you know, you, if you're lazy like me, you end up with the five, the same five CDs in there for months. Yeah. Um, and uh, anyway, so that was 1996. Um, yeah, good album, Test for Echo. Well worth checking out. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly, and I've talked about this band once or twice, Hootie and the Blowfish brought out F- Fairweather Johnson, um, which is a good album. Um a, uh, a follow-up to their uh, phenomenally successful um, Crack for Review, which came out a couple of years before. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, and and well worth a listen. Um, good songs on it. Uh, Sad Caper, Tucker's Town, Be The One. Um, it's a name but a few. And um, yeah, that was, that was my period of being a bit more sort of mellow um, in terms of my taste in rock let's say in fact i went to see a hootie and the blowfish that year and while they were playing you know mega arenas in the u.s i saw them at the astoria in uh tottenham court road in london which i think probably was their only date on their uk tour but <laughs> fair enough yeah, there was a surprise exactly um well we're checking out um i think probably my favorite hootie and the blowfish album if i'm honest with you um we mentioned def leppard earlier brought out slang which is quite a, quite a diversion for them, wasn't it, Brian? Do you remember that album? You're screwing a nose up, so you obviously liked it a lot by the, by the expression <laughs> on your face. Um, um, it was a de- it was a departure. Mm. Uh, it was an album that wasn't produced by Mutt Lang. I think it was the first album that they didn't have any involvement with Mutt, and they mm. all decided to be in a studio together and record together with acoustic instruments. Yeah. yeah, I liked it. I Did thought you? it was all right. I, I'm not a fan. I like the title track because it's kind of, you know, it's quite sort of <clears throat> of its time, isn't it? Trying to get away from the sort of classic rock sound. Um, I like, uh, I really like um, Work It Out. That's a great song. It is a very that's good a Viv- song. It's a Vivian Campbell song. It is a Vivian Campbell song. by the great man in, in entirely. And of course, All I Want Is, every, is Everything. Uh, yeah. It's also good. I thought it was a good album, right? It was a departure. Do you know what? Def Leppard could quite easily have spent the next 25 years after Hysteria bringing out Hysteria Part 2, 3, 4. They kind of mm. did it a little bit with um, Adrenalize. In the, middle of, in the middle of a decade, 
you've either got, you know, um, movements ending, movements starting, and we're right in the middle of Britpop. Um, mm. um, so for Leopard to just, I suppose, survive and keep their audience and do something different, um, yeah, fair play to them. You know, it's, you know, they, they're not going to sit in their laurels. They're going to try something different. So, yeah. Well, I certainly did. And then um, finally, um, Metallica brought out brought out Load, which I really liked as an album. So um, did I. <laughs> some good stuff on it. And again, I remember playing this in my new car CD player. Um, but yeah, still, I mean, some of the songs on it, I think I've certainly uh, stood the test of time. Until It Sleeps is on there, Hero of the Day. Mama said, oh, that's a, I mean, that's a, it's an epic a country song. song. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, so please put all those on the old uh, playlist, Brian. I certainly will. Uh, and the only other gig I went to that year, before I pass over to you, uh, was um, Bon Jovi at Milton Keynes Bowl. Um, in fact, I've got a picture of my, myself at that gig, which I should put on Facebook to, <laughs> as, a, as a special treat for everyone. Who was supporting that year? I haven't changed a bit. Um well, it was uh, it was a bit of a blur for me, to be honest with you. Um, and blur went went on the on, on the bill, by the way. Joan Osborne, remember right, her? Okay. What if, if God, God was one of us? Was one of us? That's right. Gun, of course, the uh, ubiquitous gun. Um, and that was the other thing. I, I I can't remember anyone else. I think Europe might have been on the bill, possibly, but. Um, yeah, it was sponsored by Carling. I think it was sponsored by Carling Black Label, and I may have indulged a little bit too much in the old amber nectar. That's what sponsorship does for you kids. If if you see Carling Black Label, or uh, mm. you know, I'm not sure you can get that anymore. Can you yeah. Carling Black Label just as well? Really, I suppose. Exactly. Um, so it was 1996 for me, Brian. An interesting year, which I'll come to as a as a footnote to your little yeah uh, bit about it 96 um i agree with you on uh metallica i thought that was a they moved into classic rock space rather than the thrash metal um which i liked um albums for me um uh there's there's a couple which i'll just i'll 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 go over them very quickly yes please Uh, do okay uh, I think I know what you're going to. Yeah. I think I know which one you're going to come to. Okay, um, let's just get out of the way quickly. Mm. King's X is ear candy. Let's move on. <laughs> is that is, is that a good album? Because not it's not often mentioned in the in dispatches in terms of it's the a, great King's X albums. King's X King's X often uh, um, King's X often get uh, people talk about the Beatles type um, harmonies, the vocals mm-hmm. with the three. Um, if you listen to if you listen to um, Ear Candy, you've got some great tracks on it, um, such as uh, Mississippi Moon, which is very, very jangle. It's got that kind of birds jangly guitar. Um, the, there's uh, the, the train, which opened up many, many shows. Um, but probably the most heartfelt um, King's X song written by Doug Pennock is on this album, hence it's a favourite of mine. It's a song called Picture. It's very, very, it's really, really, it's just a nice melodic album, Matt. It moves, it's moved away from Dogman's kind of grungy, and this is quite a melodic album. So it's great singing, and all three members of the band are, are, are back singing in the band. It's not just all Doug's vocals, but it's it's quite a, it's quite a light album, um, but it, it's, it's, it's quite nice. 
let me move on. Yeah, please do. Let me move on. Other albums. Mr. Big released an album called Hey Man, mm-hmm. which is which has got some great tracks on it. Uh, Take Cover, which is a, a live favourite. Um, mm. Very, very good. I would probably say in 1996, Mr. Big's star was waning slightly, but it's still a very, very good album. Um, mm-hmm. um, uh, re- um, I'm going to give a shout out to this. Might be a, might be a little bit... Um, uh, I might be moving away from rock into uh, Britpop or alternative rock. The Manic Street Preachers released Everything Must Go in 1996, which had a design for life on it, which right in the middle of the 90s, phenomenal album. James Dean Bradfield is a fantastic singer. And to me, that's the pinnacle of, of the Manics, and I was lucky enough to see them live the next year. Sadly, and it's probably MTV Unplugged by Alice in Chains, if you listen to Alice in Chains Unplugged at the MTV Studios, that is just a phenomenal album. Lee and Staley's vocals, along with Jerry Cantrell, it's just fantastic. So those are, those are as you say, 96, a, a funny year. Yeah, and I tell you what the icing on the cake was. So I was reading about um, Monsters of Rock, the Monsters of Rock Festival at Donington today, and the last Monsters of Rock were, happened in 1996. And the reason being was that, uh, and I'm reading this kind of verbatim from Wikipedia, um, is that uh, essentially um, heavy metal was becoming less popular. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you said, you know, post-grunge, Brit-pop, new metal was all kind of swirling around. Yeah, and yeah. the old bands were seen as sort of somewhat somewhat old hat as it were um and there was a lack of head simple hat lack of headliners the last uh monster rock was headlined co-headlined by kiss ironically who headlined last weekend on their farewell tour and um an aussie osborne and um basically they called it a day until 2000, 2003 which is brings us full circle to, to the 20th anniversary of um yeah. of uh of downloads so clearly you know a kind of a, a turning point in yeah. um in, in rock and metal that, that year. That was 1996. Um, and, of course, I need to set you a year, Ryan, for... Um, you remember how this works? I do indeed. I'm, I'm yep, up good. for it. I'm, I'm, uh, are you? I've got my pen ready. I see that. Pen's ready. So with that pen, Brian, please write these numbers down. I will indeed. 2009 is your year in rock for episode 33. Etched in ink. Is it? Etched in ink, 2009. Have you written it on your hand? No. Uh, it, just as well. Because it's a permanent marker, Sharpie. I was going to say, yeah, I was pleased. <laughs> I saw that. I thought, that, please don't write on your hand, Brian. <laughs> or on your face, so you can see it in the mirror. <laughs> as a reminder. Um, so that was, uh, that was 1996, 2009. Next time, uh-huh. please, Brian. Certainly. Um, so this brings us to... Everybody, literally everybody. I was at Download this weekend, as I, as I said to you, and um, this random guy came up to me. I saw a lot of random guys and ladies there. Um, and uh, this guy comes up to me and says, uh, excuse me, I don't know you. I said, that's true. You don't. <laughs> he said, but I have to say, and I, he said, I think I speak for all the 90,000 people here. I said, go on. I think I know what you're going to say, but go ahead anyway. He said, my favourite part of the podcast is um, 
Hidden Jim's eyes. Thank you, Lola. So, uh, you can't get any better than that, can you, really? So, what you got for us this time, Brian? So, um, I'm actually going to... I had loads of albums to pick for 1996, Matt, so I'm kind of cheating a little bit. Um, okay. Um, I had a choice of two, uh, and I'm going to go with I'm going to go with an album by a band called Tonic. Have you ever heard of Tonic? I have not. Well, is that related to the gin story? It is. Yeah, earlier? there you go. <laughs> it's all about subliminal marketing, isn't it? On it's, this it's podcast, a, who who thought who thought the segue could go from Def Leppard with gin? And my hidden gem is a band called Tonic. It's mm. you. You would think we've got fifty people sitting in a room working out all of the continuity for our show. It's just you no. and me, and occasionally Kelvin, the and, social and it, media guy. Exactly. No, mm. I'm I'm going with a band, American rock band called Tonic. Um, uh, it's lovely when you're researching 1996 and you go, "Oh wow, I've not listened to this album for ages." This is an album called Lemon Parades. Um, it sold sold about a million and a half copies in America. It got platinum status in America. It's probably cardboard status in the UK. And whether mm. they've actually even played in the UK, I have no idea. But uh, Lemon Parade, um, band called Tonic, it's fantastic. The opening three tracks, uh, Open Up Your Eyes, Casual Affair, uh, if you could only see. It's just a really strong album. 12, 12, uh, 12 songs strong. Um, they, uh, they actually started in 1996, took a little bit of a break as most bands do, Matt, you know, usually they, they fight, they, they work together for 10 years. Um, so they were together from uh, 93 to 2004 and then they got back together, um, took a, a hiatus for a few years and they're still going today and they actually recorded, if you want to hear these tunes acoustically, uh, they actually recorded in 2016 for the 20th anniversary an all-acoustic version of Lemon Parade. So my hidden gem, which is truly a hidden gem, is from the band Tonic. And the album is Lemon Parade. I hope you like it. Very good. There you go. Never heard of Tonic. Um, I think you'll like them. They're, mm. they're, in the, they're in that American, you know, Hootie and the Bluefish... Train, hmm. yeah, they're 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 really good. I like them. Very good. So, um, my hidden gem is a book. Not for the first time, as you know, I'm a very prolific reader. I get through at least three books a year, and uh, if not more, if not four or five, and uh, this is no exception. A recent book that I uh, read, and uh, it's by an author called Michael Han, and. Um, it's uh, it's called Denim and Leather, the rise and fall of a new wave of British heavy metal or new album, and it's uh, it's excellent. It's well worth well worth a, a read if you were there, um, as I was in the in the late seventies, early eighties, and kind of lived through new album. Um, you, I think you can enjoy it, but it doesn't really matter. You can you can enjoy it whatever era you grew up in, and um, it's. Uh, the reason I like it so much, it's got a, a complete chapter dedicated to Diamond Head, um, which, which in true Brian Maley fashion, when I got the book, I knew I knew that was the case before I 
before I bought it. Uh, in true Brian Murray fashion, I went straight to that chapter and read it. In fact, I've read that chapter twice because I read the whole book. <laughs> <laughs> it's, also got a ch- it's also got a chapter on Venom. Now, Venom were one of those kind of very dark, uh, early death metal bands. Probably They probably invented death or black metal. Um, and uh, hugely influential to the likes of Slayer and Metallica and 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 basically the big four, but also it does touch upon many of the things that that as I say, if you were if you were uh, as I was sort of 15, 16, 17 during that era, um, touches upon Neil Kay's uh, heavy metal bandwagon, which I never went to, uh, but that was notorious in North London for being the kind of hotbed of uh, of new bands and. Um, and promoting the likes of Iron Maiden and, and Praying Mantis and many other of that um, New Album era. Talks about the early the early gigs. Um, talks about Def Leppard in terms of their meteoric rise out of New Album. Although, the, much like Maiden, they don't like to be associated with that movement, of course. Um, talks about the first Monsters of Rock Festival and so on. It's a really good read. It's loads of interviews and sound bites from people who were there, Biff's on it, Steve Dawson from Saxon, Joe Elliott, Rick Savage, of course, the guys from Diamond here as well. Sean Harris is even interviewed, which is quite phenomenal. He's very reclusive these days, the the great singer from Diamond Head. So, without going on too much. No, no, please, please, more Diamond Head. <laughs> oh, thank you. Okay, fine, I will. Um, so, uh, no, that's my hidden gem for this week. Uh, Denim and Leather, the Rise and Fall of New Album by Michael Han. Check it out, boys and girls, and tell me what you think. Anyway, that's it for another podcast. I shall see you in a at a I also see you at a festival quite soon. Yeah, looking forward to it. We're now so getting we're now getting into the we're now getting into the summer of festivals. We've got Indeed. Yeah. Steelhouse and Stone Dead and Pearl Jam. It'll be a summer of music, which will be fabulous. Indeed, indeed. Um, but before we go, we want to say thanks to everyone for listening, of course. Yep. We really appreciate it. We always said that. Please get in touch on Facebook and, of course, on Twitter. What's our handle, Brian? <laughs> At F-T-A-T pod, Matthew. Co- correct. Correct. Uh, also, we're on Amazon. Please leave a, a review. We haven't had a review for a while. We've had some nice ones, but please, if you feel so inclined, leave a a very pleasant review on uh, Apple Podcasts, also on Spotify, and plenty of other mediums. Exactly, and you might you might you, we might send you a we might send you a nice mug. That's right. We do have a few mugs. Uh, if you would like one, please drop us a line and tell us why you would like one and we'll decide. Uh, it's not a competition though, Brian. No, it's not. They're quite expensive, those mugs, aren't they? The, the, um, the... <laughs> we haven't got a budget. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we... we'll be okay. We'll be, we, we've, we've dropped the, we've dropped enough hints to companies in this podcast. Somebody will, somebody will pick it up, you know. Just finally, I want to give a shout out to one of our uh, listeners, Mr. Paul Whelan, who has recently been in hospital um, having uh, sadly torn his cruciate ligament. So Paul, we wish you a, hep- a happy and safe and quick recovery. Uh, it's been a tough couple of weeks for Paul, so all the best, Paul. All the best, Paul. So, yep. So that's it for another week, another month. Yeah, oh, take care of yourself. All the best. Bye now. Bye. For those about the pod, We Salute You is a Maylie Rogers media production. <laughs>